everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. We're chatting with Danielle Constance and uh, across Zoom. G'day, Danielle. G'day, Matt. The last time that we chatted in a podcast format was on the lawns of Goma, and that was in 2013. And somehow both of us are still making work and putting it out there and you've got a piece coming up that is happening in Supercell maybe that's where we could start oh actually no do you want to say who you are <laughs> um like you're a Queenslander oh yeah yep yep that's know. true you're a performer theatre maker yeah cool so tell us about the piece for Supercell sure um Yeah, so I'm a part of the INDEX program in Supercell, so that's supporting new works in development. And the work that I'm making has been in development for quite some time, Um, which I suppose that um, sometimes is a bit of vulnerability about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been a really slow process. The um, When we were talking in 2013, you were about to do a piece that had been in development four years or something. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe I'm, yeah, I guess I'm slow to make work. Or maybe the the how long it takes for things to come together that you need, the people. And yeah, the- sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Sure. And... Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's true. I think a lot of a lot of the work that I make engages with people who might not come from arts backgrounds. It might be more community-driven or um, participation in different ways. So, and that certainly takes a lot of time to build and develop those relationships and the work and then the work itself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this work is definitely would fit into that category. So really the work has been kind of germinating for probably more than four years and it's it's because it's working with a group of artists um so I started a theatre ensemble a performance ensemble through Access Arts um yeah more than four years ago and that was really about addressing a need within a community in Queensland specifically in southeast Queensland for artists who identify with disability wanting to develop more skills in, in performance. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so really the core group of artists that are a part of this work in Supercell were a part of the beginnings of that ensemble. And over the last four years, we've worked together and built a really strong performance language and way of working together and about two years ago, we we kind of put forward an idea that we wanted to collaborate with some other artists and and specifically dance artists. So reached out to Nerida from Fluxus to Dance Collective. Um, yeah, and started to form a, a relationship and a collaborative partnership there through Fluxus and other contemporary dance artists based in Brisbane. So the work in Supercell is is um yeah it's that it's it's a collaboration between these two groups of artists coming together and trying to make work and understanding how different bodies move and respond um different ways of communicating and and languages and um 
Yeah, and through and through that kind of initial collaboration and development process, so the work, the content of the work started to form. So it's all very much collaborative and devised and improvised um, the way that the way that I work, I suppose, um, but also the way that we've worked together as a collective of artists. Um, and, yeah, and one of the artists, Tara, put forward a statement um, within one of our initial developments, which was around explain, explaining normal. Um, she wanted somebody to be able to define that. And we struggled too. So that felt like a really great place to start um, exploring. Uh, I wonder how, I mean, I wonder many, many things because I can't fathom how you would, um, I, I, mostly in relationship to approach, like where sits the responsibility of the leader within a group of people who are maybe not professionally trained in self-care through process? Mm-hmm. And then where sits the responsibility of the choreographer or director or trained artist to deliver something to the public that that is of value to the viewer and that the performers can feel proud of? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Both of those questions I think are really important questions to ask. Um I'm not sure that I know or that I have a definitive answer on either because um, I like, I really wish that I had something else to say, but I think that it, so much of it is context and case by case. Like, you know, I think that for me anyway, the way that I try to approach um, self-care, I suppose, self-care for, for, the participating artists in, in any work. Um, but I think obviously some works more than others would have a different degree or level of um, responsibility for the lead artist or the facilitator or the producer um, or the partnering organisation, for example. Um, you know, there's kind of all of these different people and partners that might be involved in whatever that project might be um, to take on some of that responsibility. But but part of my practice is also really being as transparent as possible about what a creative process is and can be and inviting people into that process and having candid conversations about that and what that might mean. Um, And from the get-go trying to set up maybe not necessarily boundaries, um, but trying to set up some level of expectation and that the responsibility is shared. So, I, I really think that it's, it's kind of on everybody in the room. So it's not just me as a director or as an artist. It's also about you sitting here as, as a participant in this process as well, as an active person, you know, here. And in the same way that it's also a responsibility of the person sitting next to you um, in terms of, you know, what they bring into the room and, and what they share and how things are processed and reactions and, um, and to also not shy away from it, so to make it clear that it's a shared responsibility and in the same way that if something isn't right, if something doesn't fit, if something feels uncomfortable, awkward, um, offensive, um, painful, I don't know, you know, um, then let's talk about it. If it feels okay to talk about it and share, then 
I want to create a safe open space where those conversations can happen because that for me is also such an important part of the process as well. And, and you can't, you just can't leave that outside the room. It's just not. Yeah, it's true. Like you possible, you know? and, and it's a kind of yeah. ex, externalizing of cost or externalizing of stress to say, yeah. like, oh yeah, you come into this stressful environment, but you take care of it somewhere else. Yeah. 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 And maybe, you know, maybe there is a part of that. Like I definitely also encourage that everybody keeps working on, themselves outside of nice. the room um yeah because there's def- there's a distinction between art and therapy and there's a distinction yeah. between um the cathartic process for the benefit of self-release and um development but but the cathartic moment or arc as a, an an empathetic experience for a viewer Mm-hmm. performance context yeah for sure um and even though there is a distinction between those things i think it is blurry i think there are so many times where it's really blurry yeah. and it's really hard to distinguish sometimes whether or not you know if it's okay to push something a little bit further How um do you that cool because i feel <laughs> i don't know if this is right or wrong but my understanding sure. in now relationship is that the the thing that you rely on to like know if it's okay to push things further or not is kind of the same thing that like uh, a matriarch would rely on like a mother of a house or like a big sister or something is like oh yeah I can see that you're going to get annoyed by me but then I can also see that you have this (laughs) untapped potential sure yeah I I also see it I think as similar as a role of a therapist like you know that um how do you know that that level you know do you ask that other question do you keep digging um and is usually the answer yes or is it up to like your fatigue as well and your or like uh, yeah yeah I mean that's definitely a part of it I think if you if you're going to dig deeper push push harder further then yeah, I think you definitely need to know that you've got the capacity to hold that space wow. for whatever that brings up. Um, but, I, but I think it's, yeah, and I think, again, it comes back to that. For me, it's always shared. It's, it's relying on the, other, on the other that you're, you know, whoever it is that you're working with to give you an indication of where things are at. Is this okay? And usually if I feel like there's a bit of a, tipping point or a precipice like if I feel like we're kind of already on that Mm. like teetering on that line I usually like to check in with the person like all right this is this is where I would maybe like to go well this is where I want to guide things how are you feeling is do you you know are you in a space where it's okay to keep going down this path or do you need a break or do we just need to potentially you know break for more than five minutes and come back to it in a week or a month or you know like and and being okay with that um yeah I, and I, I don't know and maybe that's uh soft <laughs> or gentle <laughs> or maybe um, um yeah what, what evolved like maybe it's yeah sure yeah I, I think it's considerate more than anything it yeah it tri- yeah for me it tries to be considerate that practice yeah, and it changes and, agency right 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it really builds a lot of trust in a creative process and that for me is really important Um, with whoever I'm working with. Yeah, is that different in mixed ability scenarios versus um, uh, trained performer Mm. scenarios? Well, also just to let you, I guess there's not necessarily so much of a distinction between mixed ability and then trained artist so I think that it can still be mixed ability and be a trained artist yes so um, I said, no no that's important to bring up because that means that what I meant is not what like how I phrased it didn't represent oh, was that t- what I was yeah okay great what I great. guess I was thinking is like um what is the term then for not mixed ability like full capacity or is that also then <laughs> exclusivizing? Yeah, look, <clears throat> I think it's a, or is and I really don't, I don't enjoy labeling and categorizing and, and so many people will have different yeah. preferences well, on you know, how they would like to word it or be identified. And let me rethink um, the question. I think it might be something about what. Maybe more community participants rather than like a community participation within a project versus trained artists or, or yeah. is it to do with um, different or, you know, a diverse group of artists yeah. who might. Cause even when I think about diversity now, cause I remember um, a few years ago choreographing for a crump film and there was of course cultural and um, like ancestral, like in, in terms of genetics, mm-hmm. Uh, diversity but what I noticed more so was that there was uh, like a a financial diversity there was like a a systemic class finance status yes yeah yeah and like where were we going back to and how Mm -hmm. would that journey be on public transport and shit after we finish together so maybe diversity is not even maybe we'll come back maybe we'll come back to this idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I guess we can we can like sidestep a little and look at the same thing from another angle, which is just engaging people. Mm-hmm. You're making yeah. art, like your role as yes. the artist. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, how you be considerate in that as well, like to to a high standard of output as well as to a high um, standard of. Uh, how you operate with, mm. yeah, and I, th- I think it definitely does change. I think that my or the approach would change, pace would change, but I, but I don't know that that's always necessarily, um, like dictated in terms of skill or level of ability or that you know, like it, it, it's as much about just the person or the group, like sometimes it's also about navigating all of those things, all of those different needs within a room um, and balancing that, you know, because it, it can be what one person might need or require in order to kind of push through or um, I don't know, you know, uh, work within a creative process is going to be quite different to somebody else. And yep. so, yeah, I, I think sometimes what's really interesting is kind of trying to work that out and then, and then also 
finding where those things don't fit, um, the potential conflict or... Like who's successfully doing this and is uh, it art and performance and community work or is it even, yeah. is it somewhere totally different? Like, oh, I really love how this person runs their crane company or <laughs> whatever. Like where's the inspiration in your world? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that it comes in lots of different forms, but in terms, specifically in terms of looking at inclusive work um, and mixed ability and integrative work, mm. I really love uh, Raucous, so dance theatre company based in Melbourne. Um, they've worked together. I mean, Kate Tulane and, a, and the core group of artists, they've been working together for more than 14 years, I think. So that's like the time frame on that is incredible when you yes, think so. about a group of artists Jeez. really. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I've definitely, I definitely look to that company a lot in terms of creative process um, and output and work. I think that the work that they, that they make is really quite, um, I feel like whatever word, yeah. adjective I'm going to use, <laughs> it's just not, not going to do it, how do, right? <laughs> how, do you do, how do you think about that when you've got then another career, like, narrator and like a, this dance approach in the mm. room you, because I understand working with the group to bring out of them a devised piece and then mm. I'm interested to hear how then you like integrated choreography and a choreographer yeah sure yeah I think we're still really kind of early stages in terms of in terms of that process mm. um there's been a lot, a lot more of the dancers adapting to our practice and process rather than and is that um, the other way around. There's an experiments in doing that. Sorry, maybe you have better wording for this than I do. Because um, um, uh, is that because they have more? options like their bodies have more options to be more adaptable the dances are i think that it's more it's just more dominant more than anything i think it's just that there's more of the other collective of artists so there's always been more of us in the room and our practice is more dominant I think that that to be honest that's probably more what it's had to do with and then also my background and preferred way of working is more in that devised space rather than really strict choreography so so for me it's I'm interested in creating frameworks and you know, kind of setting up a, an investigation or a task or like I kind of want to play with this thing and I'm thinking about it in the, these kinds of ways, um, you know, can you do this, this and this um, to, set up, to set up something. But I really enjoy then watching how that unfolds and actually letting, letting the other artists in the room then kind of dream that on yeah. rather than being like, this is exactly what I want, um, you know, or, or, or having a set of 
moves that I've been developing or that I've been watching them develop that then is crafted into set choreography. It's just, that's not, um, yeah, I suppose that's not my practice. So, um, that may also be different if, yeah, if we had more time in the space that that was probably more balanced, I think. Yeah. I guess I'm just thinking about it in relation when I was at uni, there was one dude who was a couple of years above me and their whole class had a piece that they performed and a lot of it was to be together in unison to be a large group doing the same mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. And that's part of the skill of a dancer is to adapt mm-hmm. and that one of the guys in that group couldn't do it like he mm-hmm. his inability meant that he stuck out and the way the choreographer could deal with it was just to give him a solo out the front right and so I, I wonder about which, which unfortunately then like it puts into, puts hierarchies into the, sure. the rising of work and performance and power, sure. like stage power. Sure. And so mm. I'm thinking about that, like who's mm. facilitating who, not, not like as individuals, but like what process is facilitating what process and, and is it ultimately not important because the generative nature of adapting and facilitating and considering means that you get to somewhere that you never would have thought of. And mm. that's mm. the exciting aspect of it, regardless of who ends up being the soloist just because they couldn't fit into the corps de ballet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot in that. I think that that's quite complex in a lot of ways um well it's it's probably usually when you're working with a group it sorry it it only came up to my mind because of working with dancers and Mm. Mm. just to being like suck it up take it Mm. on put it on your body become the vision sure 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 yeah and look there definitely is i think there is definitely an element of that in that has that has been happening in the development of this work. Like there's definitely, but I think that's also from both collectives of artists. I mean, but there probably is more of that coming from the Fluxus dancers, but I think it's also too, I mean, we've worked with lots of different dancers through Fluxus over the last two years, which has been really a really great process. There's obviously a lot of, uh, like instability that comes with that when you have multiple, you know, multiple people coming into a process because everybody brings something different. Um, but there's also, yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, yes, adapting to the way that we work, but some people fall into that much, much easier than others. And so I think for some of the dancers, it's not, it's not always easy to come into a process where there isn't set choreography and where you've got somebody that is really uh, quite gentle and, and slow and considerate that then it's kind of like, yeah, okay, great. So I'm kind of thinking about this and how do you feel about that? And uh, you know, I think it's quite a different process. And for some people it takes a bit of time to shift and then to also find yourself in that because, and maybe it is what you're talking about, you know, that you're taught to, put things on your body and become something else. And in this process, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know that I necessarily, maybe there's moments where I want you to do that, but there are other times where I just, I just really want you to react and respond to this as you, as your body, as whatever is it is that's here right now in the space. And then we're going to, you know, then we're going to keep moving through that. And what are the things that, that you want people to react and respond to and how do you bring them in? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's been ages since I've been in the room. What have we been doing? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess like really basic, really, really basic stuff is when we, which we keep revisiting and I think it's great to keep going back to that, but we've really been exploring this perception of normality. Like that's what the work is. It's the basis of the work that we've been kind of looking at. And I think that there's definitely another kind of undercurrent, really strong undercurrent of the work that's about visibility. Um, So yeah, that I guess there's different things that we kind of, have come up or that I've put forward that's around that. Like, you know, what do we consider to be normal? What do we consider to be not normal and in really different contexts? So uh, some things might be really domestic. um, Other things might be a little bit more absurd, like what's a not normal way to die, for example. And then Um, being one of my favorite, and then we'd ask that. Yeah. <laughs> and did um, had more than one version? They're like, okay, I've got a few options. Oh, and they do for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I think that could just be a show in itself. That could just keep wow. evolving. And I mean, it's got a lot to forward. Not normal ways to die. <laughs> you just yeah, yeah. You die over and over for the length of the show. Yeah, and it's the same people if they die and then they come back out <laughs> and they die again. I'm in. <laughs> And this Great. is going in Supercell, right? This yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yep, yep. what do you hope that it's going to do? Like it's for an audience to come and sit and watch? Yes, it is. And? Um, I mean, I, th- I think that certainly my hope, and I think that this is shared by all of the artists is um, there's like, there's a certain level of kind of advocacy, I guess, that kind of sits around the work um, that in some spaces is a lot more obvious than others um, in terms of giving space and time and visibility and profile to artists with disability. Um, And I think that that's just in terms of whatever work we would make, that's, that's a big part of it. But there, I feel like there's an, another layer of that that we're then also exploring that in the content of the, of the work because we, you know, whether we're overtly acknowledging who's in the space, like that's there. And, and, and a lot of those bodies and ways of thinking and responding might not be very um, common or... I don't know, that's not quite right. Maybe it's just, it, it's just not, not usually given a lot of airtime, really, I think. Um, yeah, so. Funny show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, there's, there's certainly like a, there's a big statement in that in terms of, you know, I've, we've worked for a really long time. Um, and I think that a lot of my practice is also about, has been about creating space mm-hmm. for, yeah, for these kinds of opportunities to to happen, or for this kind of work to, you know, creating space for this kind of work to happen, and for an audience to come in and 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 actively, you know, witness that um, and engage in it. So there's definitely that's a big part of 
but uh, yeah, uh, I'm getting a little bit lost in my own. Yeah. No, there. Of course. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the nature of discussion. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely, it's, yeah, I think it's just that they're really closely linked. Like the, the work, the content itself is exploring that, but then also there's, yeah, regardless of the content. And how do you think about in such a long process, doing the work is not about working towards the show somehow. Doing the work is meeting and working through the consideration of approaching all of these things. And then I wonder what happens after the show? Mm, Great question. Thanks, Declan. Yeah. <laughs> it's a question that I ask myself quite regularly. Uh, the, the hope is that we keep, we keep meeting. We keep meeting, we keep making, regardless of whether or not there's a performance opportunity that's a part of a festival or, a, you know, um, yeah. we will keep meeting. And, we, and I think that that's clear, like there's kind of a testament to, to the collective that we've we've already been doing that. It's, you know, and it has been a quite a challenge the last couple of years to, to meet regularly. We are even uh, geographically, everybody's based in different parts of Southeast Queensland. So for example, four of the artists travel more than three hours to meet in Brisbane for a rehearsal. So there's like a serious level of commitment and dedication to the group and to the work and the process and the development. And there aren't, there's such a huge gap. There aren't a lot of opportunities, um, whether it's development based or, or, you know, just even to make work that, that is open to different kinds of artists that work differently in those spaces. So this has been a really, yeah, really kind of formative group, I think for, for all of the artists involved. Um, so I think we will keep meeting regardless. And, and I really, I really enjoy the work that we make. So, and this is exciting. This is the first time, well, not the first time, but we've, you know, we did a development showing at, at Metro Arts um, towards the end of last year. And I feel like we just, you know, we're slowly, slowly building and sharing, sharing the work and sharing the practice and, um, the way that we work together and that's exciting. And I do think that there will be more of that. I really hope that there will be more of that. Um, oh, and of course, I mean, we're premiering the work at Metro Arts this year. Sorry. That's an obvious, that's an obvious one. (laughs) Just not thinking about that just yet, you know? Yeah. Because the, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I am. Obviously, I am thinking about it a lot, but I'm kind of, (laughs) it's just kind of shelved. It's just like a distant, you know, shadow. Of the devising artist is to know that the deadline's approaching and Mm. live with that and to also continually pretend. It's like, I'm not thinking about that as if to try and. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. Um, I, maybe we can go a bit broader and cover mm. your other works is even like mm. there's situations where like the, the project that I was, um, fortunate enough to work with you on last year, people of interest, oh, yeah. 
um, um, it's, it, I, I feel like that would be a totally different approach because in that situation, mm. it's, it's about listening to people rather than like build, building a skill base and like bringing them up to like a performative standard or whatever. And yes. you somehow are, are even more in that sense, like a film director almost. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting way of, of, yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Like, do you feel yeah, it's a really, do Sorry. I feel different? You go, you go. Whatever you're about to say is going to be interesting. <laughs> Uh, it is a really different work and it is a really different approach to working. And I think that that project in particular is probably one where I feel has not the least amount of community participation, like not at all, because that's what the work is based on. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't have, it's not about development at all. It's not about saying, uh, these, these people are now going to go through this development process and, Um, because a lot of the people aren't interested in becoming artists. That's not, that's not the aim of the work. It's that these people have much more competition. That would be, (laughs) (laughs) but also Um, stories are so interesting. That's it. Because they're doing from other worlds. Yes, exactly. And that's what the work is about. And, and so in that sense, there's a lot less, um, well, just the creative process is really different, you know? Like we're not in a room making a work together. That work has a pretty specific kind of framework that's already been built and I'm inviting, the way I go about it is inviting people into that framework and process. Um, So there's less room there, I suppose, for maybe creative agency from the... Yeah, I guess Storytellers, but but if there's, I mean... You're the... You're the author. You're the creative agent. Yeah. yeah. Providing yeah. structure. And, and tell me if this is not what you think you're doing. I would propose that you're taking, mm, taking, uh, opening yourself up to accept what they're offering and yes. synthesizing that so that it can be a moving, poignant, poetic, cinematic experience. And that yes. if you if you take a just someone telling a story that maybe only their grandkids ever get to hear and then you put it in the the framework of support that a theater may provide or that a film may provide then it can it can reach across yeah. it can have more value in the community stories can have value to people yes mm. yes Definitely. Yeah. And that was definitely where that work came from. The idea behind it was having spent a lot of time working within different, really different community groups and hearing all of these incredible stories all the time and wanting to, wanting to create something, some kind of model, some kind of platform that could hold those stories and then share them in a way that I felt had more integrity. Um, Maybe that's, I don't know. I feel like I need to be careful about the way I just said that. <laughs> um, maybe it's not about it. more integrity. It's not think- about authenticity. Integrity is about like structural integrity to be yes. from many, yes. many different yes. angles by many different people with different perspectives and still be connected with. Yes. Yeah. 
that somebody used to down do that and also find a way that felt balanced between having a really kind of clear artistic vision and direction of wanting to make something and like maybe I don't quite know what I want it exactly to look like but I you know there's a thing I've got this thing I know I know where I want it to go um and inviting people into that process wanting wanting those people to feel safe and held and heard and genuinely so um and finding a balance between that is there a way of marrying those two practices together um yeah 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 i appreciate the um genuine uh efforts towards integrity within conduct mm. and i think that it gives it it's it's a way of honoring people in their lives and their stories yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. And I think for the audience members too, there's a sense of, um, well, I feel like that gets kind of mirrored back or reflected back in a way that's, I feel like that's what also makes that project feel uh, tangible in a way or, um No, I don't know either. Are you working on more <laughs> things like this where you are the director and you have the vision and then you seek out mm. how to build the structure? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I made a work with a good pal of mine, Dan Coop, Melbourne-based participatory artist yeah. um, and just, you know, all-round great guy. Uh, so I was invited to make a work at the Enogra Reservoir, so a really beautiful, beautiful natural landscape in, in Brisbane. Um, so, yeah, I was asked to just kind of respond to the site and, and make a work as a part of, you know, uh, a group showing that was a curated project that was happening out, out of the reservoir. Mm. And I had lots of lots and lots of ideas, um, but I decided it was really important. I really wanted to collaborate. I really wanted to have another artist that I was working with. And, and I really wanted to try and work with stories and stories about the site in some way. Um, so Dan and I worked together <clears throat> to essentially what the work ended up being was kind of like a site-specific radio um, or like site-specific podcast maybe. Um, so yeah, we kind of chatted about what this model and framework might, might be like. Um, and then I did a bunch of research in terms of the kinds of people that we wanted to seek out and, and have conversations with. And yeah, I love, I love working with story. I love working with voice. And I think that there's something really, I don't know quite what it is, but there's something in that for me that I can keep going back to and I can keep listening to other people's works that, that do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
it felt really natural for me to want to do it. To yeah. I, I want to know about, I, mm, I mean, I'm just going to talk about my feelings. I appreciate in the work <laughs> that there's, uh, uh, an importance on story without always the um, reduction to narrative. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah, I'm not really that keen on narrative. I'm <laughs> not in a really conventional sense anyway. I mean, I'm keen on narrative in terms of sitting down and having a chat with somebody. Like, you know, I see that can be a narrative. But, um, yeah, and I'm certainly not, I'm not really interested in fictionalising things. It's Definitely. I can really appreciate it when I go and experience other works that do that really well. I'm like, oh, this is great. But it's not something I don't find that that comes naturally at all. And I'm not, I'm just not interested in, I don't know, not that I'm not interested in kind of dreaming and imagining things, but, um, but the story for me, I'm like, I don't need to do anything with that. Yeah. You know, if I have that conversation or hear that, I'm like, that, that just is already it exists what it needs to be yeah like it's um that voice is what i want to keep listening to that intonation that um you know the way that that person pauses or describes something and goes into that you know your own internal process as you're talking and, and sharing something those are the those are kind of like the most poignant moments for me or the bits that i get the most excited by and feel like i get a like a brief kind of glimpse or like moment into that person that's a little bit deeper and more intimate and personal. And, and did um, that, I mean, they talk about this in uh, podcast versus written articles in that mm. information from written articles, but you'll build trust from listening to somebody. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was listening yeah. to somebody break down different avenues for promotion. And I was like, ooh, but, you know, interesting mm-hmm. to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because you're like you, um, you're kind of spending time with these people, but they're not. It's not reciprocal. Mm. How <laughs> does all of that feed into the Nogra work that you did? Like how did you put uh, narrative and... Where did you find the job? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it was really, it was quite basic in a sense that, um, so I invited a person, so for example, a behavioural ecologist. I invited a behavioural ecologist to come out on site to the dam, to to the reservoir, and have a chat with Dan and I. And we had a series of questions kind of guiding things around what we wanted to explore on the site. We were really asking them to share with us their perspective of what it was that we were looking at. And we, we, in some ways were quite specific about the certain areas. So we, we had different uh, spaces within that natural site kind of designated to the person that we were going to chat to. For example, the behavioral ecologist, um, a lot of a lot of his work is well uh, one of the species that he researches has spent a lot of time researching is the brush turkey mm-hmm. so for me it was important to find somewhere on the site where that was somewhat visible and then we could be able to talk about that because I knew that that was something that I wanted to kind of unpack and investigate a little bit further 
maybe not without having to necessarily ask the question of like, you know, can you tell me about your work with brush turkeys? Um, And yeah. And, and I mean, but the site itself just lends it's, you know, you just want to talk about it. It's so really simple things of, you know, kind of, grounding in the space and becoming more sensory aware and describing and observing, you know, where are we? What can you see? Um, what are some of the things that you can hear? And then from there, the conversation, you know, we learn about that person and, and, and what they spend their time doing and what they have spent a lot of their time doing in their lifetime and sharing with us their research and thoughts and opinions. And um, yeah, it was a really, really cool um project not not necessarily in a sense that that's what the audience walk away thinking like it was just really cool dan and i were like this is bloody great we get to come here have really interesting conversations with like really really interesting people who who sit largely sit outside of you know the art world like we spent a lot of time talking to different ecologists um researchers um in lots of different areas you know so it was just so much rich how, how do learning and- you think about um like i know in response to before when you were mentioning fiction and not being so interested in fictional narrative because the actuality is already so interesting i wonder mm. in terms of being because i would still say that what you did was different to say a science communicator who's laying things out in a way that can be discussed and humanised. So there was still art, but not... Yes. And so, um, huh? Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How is it generative rather than, like, representational or reductive or... Yeah, sure. Because I know it's not, but when I think about it, I'm not sure what it is. I wish Dan was here because I feel like he would answer this really well. Oh, okay, I'll ask <laughs> really articulate. Ask Dan. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. Um, also, like, what is it? I mean, I guess so as, many... as an artist as well, like your your process as an artist, how do you yeah, sure. not feel compelled to become a science communicator or like a <laughs> kind of you know, reporting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess really... I don't have the knowledge and the skill set and the foundation. I'm not a science communicator, you know, like uh, in one of the conversations I had a moment where I just couldn't, I used the word evolution instead of adaptation, right? Like really very, very different way of guiding a conversation. And, and the, and the scientist was very kind to me and said, I think what you're referring to here is actually we're talking about adaptation. And I was like, yes. Yes, we are. That is exactly what we're talking about. And I know that. And I know that. Um, but my brain doesn't, it just doesn't fire in the same way or it doesn't have, you know, those pathways. Dead fires. Upset and learned. Um, of like, yeah. So I, people to come and experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's also the fact that we, you know, so much of the work was about the site and about bringing people there. And, and it's not, you know, it's not the podcast that you listen to in transit somewhere or at, at home making dinner, whatever that is. Like, it's like, no, no, we want you to be here yeah. 
at the site. We want you to sit exactly where we sat with this person and we want you to listen to this conversation and look at all the things that we're referring to and experience it, you know. And and in order to do that, you're going to have to come and see us and get a little handheld portable radio and you're going to have to tune that in to the, you know, um, to the station that we've set. Cool. Yeah. It was a knob. You had to turn the knob. You had to pull the antenna up and point the antenna towards. And we had a little transmitter uh, set up in each of the locations. So, you know, they knew as they were getting closer to the transmitter that they were, you know, uh, less static, more voices started to emerge as they're, as they're yeah, coming to the place where that conversation took. These aesthetics, they are part of the curation of the experience as well. For sure. And do you think that that aspect of your curating like a tangible tactile is exercised similarly through um, rummage as it is through creating live interactive pieces? You mean my work with suitcase rummage? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, in suitcase rummage, you're not dealing with e-commerce. True, true. You're dealing with like everybody <laughs> and bring your shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a through line that I'm at least that I'm aware of in a sense that I think it is important. Yeah, I want people to be in the same physical space, yeah. and I think that that is a really rich place for those conversations and connections to happen. And I love the idea that. You know, we can create those spaces. And it's not just artists who do that. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of artists actually do that really well. I think that good architects and good town planners and urban planners, you know. Um, oh, look, a good but song. also you can see the gaps where that... <laughs> you can also see the gaps where that doesn't happen, you know, where spaces aren't designed to, to, to create... Yeah, 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 to provide a platform. And... And I suppose I find that, that that's important to me because I think that that's what makes life enjoyable or it, it keeps it, um, I was going to say, like, it keeps it fresh. Which is so extent. Do you know what I mean? Oh, such a dork. Um, but there's like a... Gold Coast in relationship to all of these. <laughs> to keeping life fresh. Yeah, well, to giving fresh, <laughs> to having meeting spaces, to having collision of sure. and, and mm. narrative and like being yeah, in that okay. environment. I It still feels pretty early. Well, well, I mean, look, I grew up here. I grew up in Tweedhead, so technically not the Gold Coast, but right on the border. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did. I grew up, I grew up on the Gold Coast. Um Things have obviously changed a lot, particularly in the art space, um, which is great. It's actually exciting to be back here and that there are more venues, different venues, more artists, a council that that actively wants to support artists and creatives. That is really exciting. That's something that I hadn't felt in Brisbane, for example, for... I think for a while that um, yeah, maybe that's a little controversial. I think it's time that I need to seek more than Brisbane can offer me. And then that seems to be the Gold Coast. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, not entirely, right? Like there's a lot of things at play that have, that have brought me here and a lot of really good things. Um, yeah, I was definitely ready to leave Brisbane and probably had been for a while. And, uh, and I don't know that the Gold Coast is necessarily the answer that I was looking for or expecting. And, and at least initially it was certainly meant to be temporary. It was a temporary in-between, you know, waiting, waiting for my Portuguese lover to get a visa. All of these things needed to fall in place. So. <laughs> um, true. True that. Is there um, you want to talk about that I haven't asked you about? Like maybe uh, like perspectives or life philosophies or like when you're going through a <laughs> process, the thing that you try and hold on to. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I can try to answer that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what is that? Uh, at the moment, I mean, I'm, at the moment, this work feels like a bit of a beast and it definitely feels like it's really, really challenging my brain yeah. to work out how I, how I get all these little bits and pieces to fit yeah. and put something forward that we're all, you know, proud of, but, but that's something that I feel like is doing that. It's got a movement to it. That's beyond the room if that makes sense. I want that to have a life that people keep thinking about that or, you know, that that's um, filtered in somewhere into that kind of thought process. Um, And yeah, there's definitely at at the moment, what's getting me through that are are other creative people, other creative minds that, you know, I think collaboration is really key being able to, you know, maybe not even collaboration in a, in a, big kind of process sort of way, but, but in a sense of being able to share a conversation with another creative and work through some of that stuff, you know, like a, a maybe not, not a brain dump because I don't think that feel like that's fair, but there's a sharing and an exchange of practice and process and where things are at. And that's certainly something that's, yeah, I'm noticing more and more how important that is for sure. So that's, Maybe that's my coping strategy at the moment. Mm. Um, small parts of denial, for sure. Um, <laughs> because it's a coping mechanism. It's integral for optimism to maintain, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. It, yeah. That's not how things are. <laughs> or that's not yeah. how they'll stay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, then, and definitely also a certain level of optimism and just like trust that it's like, you know, something will come together. And yeah, I don't know. Like, try. I just try not to have too much, too much of a really clear expectation of what that is, um, so that I'm not completely heartbroken or shattered if I don't meet that. Like, I just that process for me just doesn't feel like that's useful at all. And I'm sure that there are some artists who have something really clear, and you know, like that that satisfaction doesn't come until that's met. And Manifest. yeah. I mean, there's elements of that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of not, that's not what it's, or that doesn't, what, it's not what it feels like it's about at the moment. Um, and I don't, I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy being in, in the process and I want the other artists that I'm working 
working with to enjoy it. And that, like, that feels important. And not that that can't be hard, um, even traumatic to some extent, right? Like, um, but, but that it still feels good. Like, that's important. I don't, I, yeah, I'm at a point where I'm like, if I'm going to keep pushing this, you know, and it's not easy to be an artist in any shape or form. It's not easy to make work and it's it's not easy to share it it's not easy to have those opportunities so you know like it's got to feel good if it's not feeling good then why am I spending my time I mean yeah I feel like I just really really reduced that to just something feeling good well I think life is uh happy it 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 it, this is how I think about it that there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs (laughs) top we have self-actualization and mm. the, you get to self-actualization through effort and mm. till I find mm. some other thing that I can apply my effort to for now it's going to be process and practice that, that is physical sure. that is shared and that I maybe if it's not even like good doesn't relate to pleasure but good relates to becoming yeah 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 for sure Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's what that's what feels important. That's what's motivating at the moment. And and if that's not quite right, then yeah, I don't know. Then I want to I want to kind of shift that or work that out or be like that's okay. Um, to some extent, you know, but there's like there's a balance of that. Otherwise, yeah, I'll I'll go join a nursery or a koala sanctuary or. I don't know, something yeah. else. Wow. Awesome, Dan. What, a, what, <laughs> what an insightful and delightful conversation. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much I, um, time. I really, oh, just do. I really, I always enjoy having conversations with you.